0: From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So today is Q&A day, and I'm going to go through a bunch of emails, uh, questions that I have. Well, that's it. I'm going to go through a bunch of Bunch of questions. Ready? This first one is from Linda. Hey, Suzanne. My boyfriend and I are currently dating with the prospect of getting married and soon I will be moving to his country to be with him within a couple of years. Once we close the distance, I'd like to prioritize him and our family, but ideally with a small hustle on the side. I was wondering if you could talk about side hustles in the future. Ideal hustles for women who want to prioritize the family, budget for the family, cut down on unnecessary costs, that kind of stuff. Thank you. Love your show. Okay. um, So here's the skinny on side hustles. Some are definitely easier than others. So I don't think it's a matter of a blanket statement about side hustles. You really have to get into the details about what kind of business you're talking about. There's a difference between, for example, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, I don't know, let's see baking, you know, let's say you really like baking, um, or cooking or whatever, and you want to sell some of your baked goods or food on the side. Um, now I guess you could say this about anything that you do, you know, even writing it, how much, how far do you want to take it? I guess that's the best way of looking at it. There's, it gets come, it gets, com- it gets problematic potentially if you don't put a cap on it. Um, And this of course depends on how deep your passion is for it because you can easily get carried away with it for sure. I kind of covered this when I was talking about being an entrepreneur a couple weeks ago with Kelsey and um, it really gets down to how many hours are you talking a week? How many kids do you have? How old are your kids? I'm talking about side hustles now you know, for the whole duration of when you have children at home. So let's just say for 20 years of a woman's life, if she's got a couple of kids, where are they in their development? How many hours are we talking and what kind of job are we talking? Um, you know, and again, and what kind what's the work like, you know, are you on the computer and the phone all day? Like it, re- it requires you to be in, you know, you have to show up uh, not either because you, well, I guess you wouldn't have an employer if you had a side hustle, but, you might have clients, right? Are you on the phone all day with them? Um, what kind of help do you have? You know, is grandma around to help out a few hours a week? Or are we talking about a full-time nanny in the house with you? Or um, are you, you know, are your children, again, non-school age and in daycare all day while you're doing this quote unquote side hustle? Or are they 10 and 13, you know, and they're in school all day. So the whole middle of the day opens up to you. There's just so many variables so I can't make a blanket statement about side hustles except to say they can be fantastic. And I'm a big proponent of them, just like I'm a huge proponent of part-time work for moms. I think that is, an, and, and side hustles obviously can be part-time if you if you make it so. Um, and in fact, that's not even just my opinion on the matter. If you do the research on that, you'll find that most mothers with children at home prefer to either not be employed at all, Again, that's probably depending on who they're asking. You know, if they, if they're moms of babies and toddlers versus high schoolers, and or part time, that's the overwhelming majority of what mothers prefer. Not not this other life that you see um, projected in the in the media all the time. That's that's not what most women want. So, part time work is going to get literally no coverage in the media because those folks have an agenda, and it's not to see moms work part time. Period. So. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's the greatest life to me. Um, I can't imagine doing it any other way. I've only recently, I think I've mentioned this before, moved into full-time mode since really in the last few years, since my, since I almost became an empty nester and my son was very um, independent and not, not needing in the last year or two of of high school. Now um, that's why all these things, all these details matter. So I guess that's, I'm not sure that's answering your direct question, except they can be great. They can also get out of control. So at the end of the day, it depend. I need more information about what kind of side hustle you want. I think the best way to really sum it up is that the the way I'm living now, currently, I could never have done 10, 15 years ago. I can only do it now because I don't have any other responsibilities on my plate in that way. So, um, that's what I mean when I say it just, just, it just depends. Okay, hope that helps. This is from Kimberly. Hi, Suzanne. My fiancé and I frequently have small arguments over the tiniest of things, him hanging out in the morning while I'm doing most of the parenting or me getting moody slash upset with him for said thing, which he doesn't like. Do you have any tips for this? This turns into riffs where we don't talk to each other for half a day. I'm worried about how how these little annoyances with each other change the ambiance in the room and our eight-month-old may be affected by feeling us quarreling. Well, your your eight-month-old is definitely affected by you quarreling. There's no question about that. But this is exactly what I do in coaching. I'm kind of like a relationship concierge in that I'm walking women through how to communicate with their man. And I do it with actually with husbands too, to some degree, but it's mostly wives so that they can communicate in a way that cuts down on this conflict by understanding how each person thinks and what they ultimately want. So I wanted to read this because it it ties in so well with what I do on a, on a weekly basis, but I also can't really answer it in a blanket state, in a blanket way once again, because it depends on, on some factors. However, if, you know, just to give you a quick response to this you know, she said here, um, him hanging out in the morning while I'm doing most of the parenting, that's too, it's, it's, that's, that's not enough detail. I mean, are we talking about you're married to somebody who literally does nothing on the parenting front while you do it all? Is that legitimately what you're talking about? Or are you talking about just every once in a while when it doesn't feel quote unquote, even you freak out? And because women, this is the thing, this is an example. Women get frustrated when they see a man. There's nothing that's going to frustrate a woman more than watching a man do nothing while she's doing something like nothing is more frustrating. So the goal there is not to, why is that? Or to talk about how awful men are or to even everything out with equality. It's about understanding how different men and women are and working with those differences. So for example, in that case, I don't know, um, I don't know whether or not her man has been working and then he sat down. Um, or if he just came home from work and he's, he's trying to sit down for 30 minutes, or if he just woke up and he wants to sit down for 30 minutes or what have you, but giving a man time to zone out, it, It feels like he's doing nothing, but he's actually doing something, unless he's really doing nothing. And as I say, that's a whole nother thing. And you have to get into the details of the marriage, because I rarely see that as the the case. When a man is not doing anything for 30 minutes or even an hour, he's revving himself up to go again, because men are linear in their thinking and in their process, they do one thing at a time, they get taxed by doing that at the end, they rest, then they go and do it again. Women, on the other hand, go, 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 go. go, And like, just do not stop. And And when they see someone stopped, usually the man, obviously, they start to get frustrated because that person's not functioning the way you are, so therefore he must be lazy. But that's rarely the case. It can be the case, And it's my job to figure out whether that's what you're dealing with, but it's rarely the case. So how can you as a woman speak to that and handle that in a way where it doesn't bother you and work around it to make sure that the workload is not really topsy-turvy, where you are doing everything and he's doing nothing? Again, rarely the case um, taking into account so many different factors about your lifestyle is the key to quote unquote, fixing this or making it so that you don't have conflict. And that's too much to answer, you know, for, for a specific individual couple here right now, but that's just a general overview. So when you talk about having tips for this, Kimberly, uh, yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I do in my coaching. So it's, um, Lots and lots of tips there. Okay, this is from Addie. Hi, Suzanne. As a 23-year-old, I am absolutely thankful that I got to listen to your advice way before some of your 30-year-old clients. I used to have a feminist mindset and had dreams of pursuing a professional career in music. However, I realized there are certain costs with that plan, both financially and not financially related, that I would not be willing to pay just to have a music career. My recent problem is this. My parents are pressuring me to get higher education in music. My mom doesn't call herself a feminist, but growing up, she tended to be more focused on her career. However, I don't want to be in more debt from graduate school. And I personally want to pursue music in a different way than the traditional music career. My real desire is to be a loving wife to my future husband and mom to my future children. How can I communicate to my parents about my desire to have a wife to be a wife and mom someday. I'm the kind of person to do the right thing and to make my parents happy. However, I've been dating this wonderful godly man too, and I think I want to marry him someday. What do you say to daughters with parents who set such expectations? Please, I need your help. So this is the opposite of a video I just did, actually. I don't know how many of you saw it, where I, was, I got a question about how do I help my daughter want to be a wife and mother, or not want to be, but be okay with it, rather than thinking she has to be a career woman type. But I have to say, this what I just read to you now from this Addy is far, far, far more of what I hear than than the other one. Um, it is it is very common today, in a way that was unheard of in my day, to uh, guide one's daughter daughters into, um, being career women, as opposed to the way I like to phrase it, which is a woman with a career, or actually I didn't phrase it that way. I take that back. Andre did remember Andre parody. He's the one who used that phrase. And I thought it was brilliant. Um, because it, it's, it's a great, it encapsulates exactly the difference between a mom who has a job or a career on the side and a career woman who has a husband and family has, has a husband, has a husband and kids. They just have nothing in common. A career woman, her whole focus is her career, and then she sort of got married and had kids sort of on the side of that. And those, and those, both the marriage and the kids orbit around the career. I did the exact reverse. And most women do, by the way, even though you don't see them or hear from them in the media, they are much more the norm. Um, But we're not allowed to. To t- to help our daughters create a life like that, where you're going to have you're going to be a wife and mother at the center and 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 let your career orbit around that, and that's always how it's been. And there is a, there's a generation of girls like this Addie, who literally have to convince their parents that that's what they to to support them in that desire. And I think a lot of parents are just not thinking through the messages they're sending to their daughters and that they're just going with their, they're sort of drunk the Kool-Aid unbeknownst to them and are teaching their daughters to be um, career focused for, I don't know. I don't know what reason. Um, well, I mean, in part because that's the thing to do, but also because they want their daughters to be able to quote unquote support themselves, but you can support your, there's, you can support yourself and still be a wife and mother at your core. You can do both of those things. You can. You certainly should get a skill. You should go to school. You should work. You should have the ability to do that um, and the skills and the backing to do that um, or the wherewithal to do that, even if your most of your life or the crux of your life is focused on being a wife and mom. So it's not really one or the other. That's what I think is so frustrating to me. It doesn't have to be one or the other, but parents are teaching their kids that that it is. They're saying, no, you want to do this. You want to go crazy and you know go, go as far as you can in your career and worry about relationships later. And that's just not the right message to send to the average girl whose heart is not going to want to follow that path. And that, and then they also don't, once they send that message, they don't back it up with, well, what is she supposed to do in the meantime? Just, okay. You say date around a lot. Okay. But dating isn't like dating in my mom's day where she dated like four guys at once this is back in the 1940s and fifties because she wasn't having sex with them. Back in those days, there was such thing as casual dating, but it doesn't work that way anymore. People are either in a relationship or they're not. So if they're in a relationship and they're together long enough, they're, and they're adults, they're going to end up in bed together, obviously. So do you want your daughters to move in and out of various long-term sexual relationships and then get married at, what, 30, 31, 32? As if that's some ad- advantage that she could have, which it, it just isn't. So and that's a whole nother episode. I don't want to go too much off the track, but... It just bothers me very much that young women like this have to convince their own parents to carve out a life that puts family at the center. That just, it bothers me greatly. And so that's why I got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, This one's from Cynthia. Hi, Suzanne. I am a wife who screwed things up royally at the beginning of my marriage. I've been married for nearly 15 years. I never wanted to be a disrespectful nag, but I didn't know I was being one until the crap hit the fan about five years ago. However, here's the reason why I'm emailing you. My husband, while he says he loves me, is very distant. Our marriage is essentially transactional. He works to bring in the money, and I take care of the house and kids. Beyond that, we could be roommates. I guess my question is, do I hold out hope for my marriage to be intimate again in every sense, not just physical, or do I accept that this is where we are? So I have to say, this is one where I really would have to meet with someone Um, meet with a couple personally to find out what, where his thoughts are, because here's the deal. If, if you really were as bad as you say, as a wife for 15 years, there's no question that men have, um, a threshold, um, typically a long leash in terms of giving a lot of leeway. But if it was that bad, and I don't know that, it can get to a point where a man will turn off. He'll just turn off and he'll stay for the kids, but he'll just turn off because you pushed him sort of too far. Does that mean there's no hope? Absolutely not. I don't believe that unless, unless he's so checked out and it's, and it's moved into full on contempt. When, again, I don't see that very often in my practice. So I would, I would be dubious if that's the case here, but um, again, would have to meet, with both of you to, 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 determine that, but just, I wanted to read that just as a general, just so I could make a general observation that men typically will try and try and try. And then if it doesn't improve, just sort of, um, you know, the wall goes up or they shut down or whatever the case may be. And it might take a lot to bring them back or, you know, you might not be able to. Um, but I find that more often than not, again, depending on how far it's gone, you, you can bring them back. So it just, again, a lot of, a lot of answers today, they're just on depends, which I, I hope that's okay. And I'm not being too evasive, but it's really hard to answer some of these in a general sense. Um, this one is from Keisha. Um, okay. I have a couple of these. Okay. No, okay. So this last one, I mean, it's not the last one. It's, um, There's a couple of different ones on the same topic. That's what I did. So I wanted to read a couple of them to you. This one's from Keisha. Hi, Suzanne. I love all your books and content. I'm learning so much from it to help me navigate the dating world to find a man who's right for me to marry. However, um, I keep encountering men who have dated a lot of feminists. They seem to be used to masculine, overbearing women or women who don't even want marriage and kids. Once they meet me, these men claim they want marriage and kids. However, when I mention to them that I want a dynamic with traditional gender roles, where I can work part-time once we have kids and yeah. And the husband takes on the primary income or whatever. These men perceive that as being a quote dictator over the wife and say they want their wives to lead the family too. I can tell they really have no clue what I'm talking about because they seem to have put little thought into what makes a marriage with kids work successfully. I'm 33 and these men are in their mid thirties to early forties. Explaining the explaining this to them is very frustrating as it's a big turnoff that they are feminist men without even realizing it. This uh, and another one along the same lines is from Bridget. Dear Suzanne, I love all your content. Yada yada yada. I let's see. I'm a Catholic woman who stuck to her values and morals and have been in multiple two-year relationships since 27 or 28, in which I showed up. And all of these men had one thing in common. They liked that I had a solid career and was motivated. And they encouraged me to be super independent and said they despised clingy women. So I played the part thinking it was both good for me and for them. And side note, by the way, super independent and clingy. You know, there's a huge middle ground there. It's not one or the other. So I need to come back to that. At around the year mark, I started talking marriage and we'd go back and forth. And ultimately I'd walk away because they didn't want to marry me. I think this... I'm pr- I'm pretty disappointed and I'm still trying, but I think this is all really an issue with men more with men than it is with women. There are plenty of solid women who show up like this and the men don't lead. Women have had to adapt. Do you have any advice for the mid thirties group of women who have showed up in this way and how they can date better? Oh my gosh. So basically these two emails are, are touching upon the same issue, which is that men have been just as conditioned as women to believe the lies feminist feminism sells. They've been just as conditioned, and you know maybe she's right in that some of them it's they're even more so. It's even worse for them than it is for women, because remember I know I've talked about this in the past, but men have a natural desire to uh, they respond to women. They're natural responders of women. So if you tell them that you like something or want something, they will most likely curtail their behaviors or think differently or whatever the case may be to, to, you know, not, I mean, to make you happy or to accommodate you because that's just how men are. They want you to be happy. And um, that's why I think they've been so responsive over the last 30 or 40 years to all these changes. And they're much more involved at home than their parents, than their fathers were because they flow with what you ask as women in general. And so if they've been hearing the same feminist garbage that women have and bought into it, they think they're being good and doing what you want. Not realizing that that's not at all what you want, that they're just drinking the Kool-Aid. And so I don't know, it may be worse for men. Maybe they are more conditioned than women. I don't know. Um, I'm not in the dating world myself, obviously in, or in my thirties, twenties and thirties. But from what I hear, it is, I don't know what's a bigger problem. Um, feminized men or masculinized women. So to go back to your question, do you have any advice for the mid thirties group about how we can date better? And I do have some exciting news on that front. Actually, I am creating um, something that's in process and it's called the first three dates. And the plan is for it to help women and men for that matter weed out any potential waste of time, um, in the first three dates. Okay. I was going to explain more, but I'm not, cause I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but that's, that's a quick answer to your question. Yes, I am going to have something for you. Speaking of that. Okay. And finally, um, this last one is from Anna. Hi Suzanne. I'm 30 I'm a 34-year-old single woman. Like most people who contact you, I was raised by a henpecked, emotionally absent father and a feminist mother who dropped me off at daycare at 3 weeks old so she could go back to medical school. Not a great start. While I did go ahead and do the feminist thing, I went to Ivy League grad school, worked at a startup in the Bay Area, etc. I really wanted to get married and have kids and have ever since I can remember after watching some of your some of the videos on your channel, I can see now that I had some serious attachment issues and made some very bad decisions about who I dated. I think I've healed from much of the dysfunction and lies my parents fed me. And I'm not afraid of doing any other emotional work required. But my, I guess my question is, let's see, wait, then she describes about, um, that said, I don't really know anyone I want to marry. I live in a town with very few youngish single men and I have student loans and I'm overweight. Uh, And I guess my question is until the weight and debt are under control, I don't anticipate anyone really wanting to marry me, at least not anyone I want to marry. But recently a male friend said I might have better luck getting married if I didn't make it clear that I want to stay home with any kids I have. He said that guys find that intimidating and that they will automatically rule me out if they think they can afford to support a stay-at-home mom. I heard that and thought, is this right? Is it unreasonable to think that I might find a man who looks forward to taking care of his wife and kids? Okay. Okay so this goes hand in hand with the last one that I was saying is that men, I mean, on the one hand you could say, yeah, um, depending on where you're living, it can be very daunting for a man to think about being the sole provider. However, it can also be that he simply drink, he simply has drunk the Kool-Aid and won't even just doesn't even entertain a life outside of what he thinks everybody's doing. So at the end of the day, it just is going to come down to what you both value. And you need to hold out for the person who agrees with how you want to construct your life. And you wait for the person that does because it's not going to do any good to marry somebody in hopes that he's obviously going to change his mind. So if you find that you're, I don't know, like in a city area where there's mostly very liberal men, then move move to an area where men are more conservative minded and who are more traditional and who are not afraid of being their masculine selves and who want a traditional family environment. At the end of the day, I mean, I feel very badly for people because they are, they don't have the numbers in front of them that we used to have in my day for all that. This was not a non-issue when I was young. So it is terrible from that end, but unfortunately that's where we are. So the only options are to sort of take the bull by the horns and do what you have to do to make it more likely that you will run into that person. And that means getting out. And that might mean, I should say, getting out of the environment that you're in. If it's not conducive to that, um, there are people in the South all over the place, for example, who are very, very different, think nothing like people on the coasts. So I'm a big proponent of the South. Yay. Go South. Um, far as I'm concerned, that's where people are still normal and reasonable and haven't been, uh, fallen for all the craziness. So, um, that's my answer to that question. Everybody move south. (laughs) Okay guys, that's it for today. Um, yeah. See you next time. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Banker show before you leave us. I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review at Apple podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about The Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.